Hey everybody, it's Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show. And before we get to this next video, I just wanted to tell you that if you are looking for a way to make some money, to get, get yourself into the green, get out of the red, hook up with me. It, it's very, very, very simple. Just go to attaboy.com, A-T-A-B-O-Y.com, and I will show you how to make some money with a low investment. And it's something I'm doing myself. It's not something I'm just hawking. So do it today. Hyperfund is the is the place. And uh, again, attaboy.com. Uh, you can watch a little video that I've put together for you. You can watch some other videos there, and you can learn for yourself how to get yourself some cash. So let's do it, okay? All right, here's the video you actually came to see. Great. All right. Well, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Aftershocks at AftershocksTV.com on the CMS Podcast Network. And joining us on this episode today, we got what three rising stars here. In the L.A. underground metal scene, they're here to talk about their band Diabology and their killer debut release titled Nobody Believes Me. We've got Jesse, Jack, and Matt. Guys, what's going on? Thanks for coming on today with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We're so happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, this is like we were saying. This is uh, usually we get maybe one or two tops, but we've got three here. So uh, as I go through these questions, guys, just feel free uh, you know, to take it. Whoever wants to take these questions, we're just going to kind of throw them out there and you guys just go ahead and uh, pick it up. But first off, let's give the listeners a brief overview, really, of you guys. Uh, I guess your backgrounds in, in terms of how you guys, I guess, came together, considering the fact that, you know, you guys are you're still a real young band. Uh, so go ahead and just give us a quick rundown of your guys' musical background and what initially brought the band together. Okay, well, I'm Jesse. I am the front man. I sing and play guitar. Um, and... For me, it, it started with my parents because both of my parents, like, back in their youth <laughs> were in bands themselves, in, like, rock and metal bands. Um, and so, I mean, I, you know, very much grew up in, like, a musical family surrounded by, like, you know, heavy music. Um, and when I turned, like, seven, I kind of had, like, an interest in that stuff. And so my parents enrolled me in the School of Rock program. Uh, and so I started learning how to play guitar and sing uh, through there. And I spent like probably a good like seven years or so in there. Um, and eventually it just got to the point where I kind of got sick of uh, the format because they have you do covers all the time, which is, you know, good to like start out. But eventually you want to like move on and create your own stuff. So um, after a while, I just like moved on from that and decided to form my own band. Um, and the original lineup of the band is not the same at all as what it is now, but, um, I met these guys through, like, various, like, I actually met both of them at, like, other Diabology shows. Um, cool. so, yeah. yeah, that's my background. There we go. All right, we'll go around the horn here. Jack, what about you? Um, personally, I didn't start listening to metal until high school. Um, I, uh, Jesse. Go ahead. Um, hey, Joe. So I, uh, I started playing guitar, and uh, I, was, I really started listening to metal because I was trying to find new stuff to play on guitar at first. But I started getting really into it and started listening to a lot of different stuff. Um, and I, like Jesse said, I met him at a show, and they, were, they needed a guitarist, so I, I filled in. 
cool. Out there. Very cool. All right, Matt, let's go over to you. Uh, I started listening to metal at actually a very young age. You know, it started because of my dad, you know. Every time when my dad would drive me around, like, to some places, we, he would always play, uh, like, Slipknot or Metallica. And that's why I'm – mostly everyone knows me as, like, a huge Slipknot fan. Cool. <laughs> because mm-hmm. of my dad. But I ended up met, meeting Jesse through this uh, teacher of mine, like, an after-school program. And, you know, it was a cool experience. You know, we jammed out. It was pretty awesome. Awesome, man. And, and now we got Joe just uh, jumped in here. Joe, what's going on? I was asking the guy just to kind of give just a little brief overview of your background in music and metal and what brought you together here with uh, Diabology. Uh, so I kind of started listening to metal uh, freshman year of high school, so about four years ago now. Okay. And it was basically because I was, I'd been listening to like a lot of more popular music, I guess. And I was playing bass, but the songs were like way too easy. So while I was trying to find more difficult music, I started listening to like Metallica because of my dad. And so because of like the way Cliff Burton played bass, it got me really into Metallica and metal in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would met the band when, well, uh, my parents knew Jack's parents. So when they needed a bassist, my parents found out about the band through Jack's parents and uh, like told me about it. Very cool. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to say, I want to hang out with all y'all's parents. Jesus, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> we have pretty cool parents all around. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Man. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, like I was mentioning earlier, man, before we started, I mean, me and Chris, man, we're both huge fans of this album. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Chris sent this to me last week, man, and he's like, you got to check this out. And I did. And I was like, dude, yeah, this is this is great. And then, like I said, what, what I was struck by, you know, more than anything, is really the kind of metal that you guys are playing. I mean, I know you guys call yourselves a thrash band and you, you know, the sound definitely has a foundation in thrash no doubt. Uh, but I think it's much more than that in my opinion. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of groovy parts on the record. Uh, the most traditional thrash bands have, I mean, for example, the song judgment day. I mean, that to me is more of a, a bouncy, more bouncy feel than, than a speedy feel to it. Uh, you know, seas of eternity and lost Viking almost have like a, an old school, you know, hardcore like Chromax sort of guitar sound to it, and uh, and the and the you know the track Diabology man has really, as you guys were talking about Slipknot before, reminded me of sort of a Slipknot type of tune. Um, so talk a bit, I guess, about your guys' influences in terms of how you came to create this sound, you know, of metal, which is definitely has an older feel to it, stuff that me and Chris kind of grew up on, rather than probably you know it doesn't sound like a lot of stuff that most guys your age are playing these days. So what what really uh, how did you guys sort of create this sound? Was it something that you did intentionally um, that you wanted to sort of incorporate different subgenres of metal in your sound, or it's just sort of how it came out when you guys got together and jammed? Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> thank you for noticing, actually, because um, that, that, that's kind of a big problem with us is we always, like, have to for, like, different, like, you know, submissions and whatever, like, list, like, our specific subgenre. And I'd say, like, we usually say, like, thrash or black and thrash, because I think that's, like, most accurate for most of it. But Mm. really, we have just, like, a ton of influences from, like, all across the genres. Like, I know, like, uh, like what you're saying about classic metal, like, you know, obviously, I, what I was saying about my parents, they played me a lot of, you know, like, the classic, like, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, all that. Um, Mm. But then kind of on my own over the years, too, I've kind of branched out into some more modern stuff, like, um, Trivium, Mastodon, 
Slipknot, stuff like that, that I, you know, have fallen in love with. And um, yeah, I would say when I'm writing for Diabology, um, there isn't really like any one genre I'm going for. I'm just trying to make something that's heavy and good. And so, yeah, a lot of our stuff kind of branches into like black metal or groove metal or yeah. death metal or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's just like a lot of different influences that just come out. Sure. Well, yeah. the one and, and what's interesting to me anyway is that it doesn't branch into what metal-wise a lot of a lot of people your age listen to. There's no there's no kill switch engage overflow that comes into your music that I heard, which so many bands fall into that category of trying to be the next version of kill switch or 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 you know bands like that or emo core or whatnot. I love the fact that you guys kind of are rooted a little bit in classic metal, but you're, and I love the black, the black metal elements, especially vocally. I love the fact that you kind of didn't just follow the Exodus model. You kind of took it into some new directions. Cause that's rare these days for, for new bands at all to find, you know, a new element that they grab as their own. Uh, thank you. We really appreciate that. I don't know if anyone else has anything to add about the influences. I'm not the only songwriter. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, no, yes, I, you know, I, I agree with. I agree with. Oh, sorry, Jack. I was just gonna say that, that Jesse and I write a lot of the the songs like uh, together, or, like jointly. So we'll like bring in uh, songs and then finish each other's songs, um, and I think that gives a lot of room for each of our influences to like. Um, come together and that like creates a lot of different uh, sounds because we both have similar backgrounds but varying influences when you when you branch out from there so I think that might be what you're hearing right yeah I feel like all of us uh, like we li all listen to metal and we all listen to a lot of the same bands but also there's a lot of times where our interests in what bands we listen to will differ like I listen to progressive metal a lot more than I assume the rest of the band does and stuff and like stuff like that as I think adds to the fact of how like our music is so different yet rooted in similar things. Sure. Yeah. Do do you do you guys look and and I don't want to stick completely to influences. I certainly want to move forward, but I just have one thought. Do you guys stick to the to the classic, classic bands as your influences, your Metallica's, Megadeth, Slayer, blah, blah, blah. Or do you look also to the newer, the the most recent wave of thrash-like bands, the Havocs and the Warbringers and stuff like that? Do you look to them as, as you know, as influences to what you're trying to do? Uh, I would say so, yeah. I mean, I take influences from, like, you know, I take influences from all around, like, everything I hear. Like I said, um, like, Trivium, Mastodon, those are two, like, really big influences on me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just any, any band I like, really, you know? <laughs> as far as, like, newer thrash, I've been listening to a lot of Havoc lately, actually. Conformicide's become, like, one of my favorite albums. Mm, yeah, it's a good one. That yeah, one, when yeah. it comes to thrash, I just really listen, like, to mostly old school, old school thrash metal. Sure, definitely. Well, 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 guys, and and um, I'll start with with Jesse since I think he's kind of the ringleader here. I'm guessing. Um, talk, talk, talk a little bit about how the songs themselves come together. Do you start with a riff, or do you start with a vocal idea, or how exactly do the songs come together? 
Um, so yeah, all of our songs start with uh, riffs. Um, as mentioned earlier, um, both Jack and Joe also uh, do some of the songwriting a lot of the time. Um, but uh, usually one of us will come in with a song that's like a few riffs, like at the very least, like a verse, pre-chorus, chorus, like, you know, sometimes more, sometimes a bit less. But um, we always just come in with our riffs. Um, and then like Matt comes up with the drum part behind it and then we just all learn the riffs and if we feel like it, you know, needs more, uh, which a lot of times we do, then we'll all just go and kind of work on it individually and then come back and compare ideas really. Um, and yeah, the, the lyrics and the vocals usually don't come until the song is like basically complete. Uh, that's usually the last thing to come because, uh, I write pretty much all the lyrics and I like a lot of the times to kind of like, I don't know, get like the vibe, I guess, of the song so that the lyrics can kind of like suit what I feel like is going on musically. Okay. Very cool. You know, one of the, uh, the biggest challenges I think, you know, a young middle band like you guys, you know, have these days is to try to, you know, get notoriety in such a, a saturated market online where, you know, every band is trying to, you know, in the world is trying to stick out and it almost has less to do with, you know, really how good the music is. It really has more to do with how well you're able to promote your music, which obviously, you know, uh, especially now, obviously with the pandemic, but even pre pandemic, a lot of that, most of that's really done through online platforms. And that's something you guys have been able to do with. Uh, I did notice that you had your, the track Defiling Innocence, it made it to the top of Kerrang's American Excess Spotify playlist. So talk a bit about how you guys were able to get that track on that list. And, and once you did, how big uh, of a boost or a, of a reaction were you able to receive just from having that one song on that list? Um, <laughs> okay, well, um, truth be told, I would love to say that, you know, we just like, you know, worked really hard, whatever, but... Mm. The truth is, we uh, we paid for a PR campaign. We hired okay. a good friend whose name was Curtis Dewar, okay. um, and he had a lot of press contacts, and he had a contact at Kerrang, and so mm -hmm. the contact at Kerrang heard our song through him and put it at, on the top of the playlist. Um, okay. But he does not do all our promotion. We did pay him for a little while while we were just like boosting the album initially. But we do most of our own PR. Okay. Um, and really, um, uh, or, uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead. But um, to, to answer the second part of your question, the Krang playlist gave us a pretty good boost. Defiling Innocence has, like, I think, like, at least a thousand more streams than our, like, second most streamed song. So it definitely gave us a good boost and it gave us some exposure. So we were very fortunate to get that. Um, but yeah, just in general, uh, just talking about like promotions, any, like any time, whenever, um, it's really just about being determined. You just gotta like go on like, you know, Facebook or Twitter or wherever and just start searching, like look for different radio stations, like across the country, different magazines, whatever, and just write them and write them and write them. And we get like maybe, maybe like 10% get responses, uh, but still it's, 10 percent and 10%, yeah gotta, yeah just keep growing it and you know the, the more the, you know like radio stations or whatever you get on the you know bigger a following you have and the easier it is to get on more radio stations and magazines so it's really just about 
I mean, <laughs> I hate this word, but just about like grinding it out. You yeah. Know? No, I mean, yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, I think that's, it's, it's great that you, that you already get that you're going to have to, you, you get what you, you, you get what you put into it. So you pay some money. Yeah. You, that's what you're going to have to do sometimes pay, you know, pay a publicist or pay someone to help you out. Or then, like you said, and grind it out, you know, not just online, but obviously, uh, you know, once live, you know, music comes back. I mean, that is really obviously, you know, um, the way it's done more so today than it's ever been. Um, and, you know, and speaking of live shows, you know, um, the other thing I was going to say was, you know, in L.A. with with the underground L.A. metal scene, I know it's it's a lot of it's really forever been linked with the infamous backyard parties that always take place in, in Los Angeles. Um, I mean, it's taken place going back decades, even with Van Halen back in the 70s. Considering that, you know, in L.A., I mean, if you, I know if you want to play, say, classic venues like the Whiskey or the Roxy on the Sunset Strip, you know, it's all pay to play. That costs a lot of money to do, obviously. So that's, you know, really tough for, I think, a band like your guys, you know, in the situation you're in right now. Are you guys, what's your, in terms of live music, what's it like, you know, for a band at your age with your, you know, with your um, generation in terms of, where do you guys play shows? I mean, do you guys still do backyard parties or are there venues off the strip that, you know, that really helps, you know, say generate a larger fan base for you guys in that area? Because, you know, LA is so huge. You know, one of the hardest things about playing LA is if you're not playing on the strip or close to one of the more populated areas, it could, you know, be tough for a lot of, uh, you know, fans to get out and be able to see you if you're playing off the grid somewhere and say out in, you know, um, you know, East LA area or, you know, up, up in deeper parts of the Valley and so forth. Uh, yeah. Well, um, first of all, um, fuck pay to play. Good. You know, we, um, we do not do any pay to play things because, um, yeah, we just, uh, just on principle really. And even going beyond principle, uh, I feel like we're, a little bit heavier than the general, like, you know, whiskey, sort of the, the, like, Sunset mm. Strip type thing. I mean, there, there are certain shows that are heavier, but I, I would say, like, the majority are not quite our scene. But, okay. um, yeah, no, um, we will really play anywhere that will have us as long as they aren't going to, you know, make us pay and then take even more of the revenue and then make extra. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we played a lot of backyard shows. Um, in fact, I, I met Jack at a backyard show. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, backyards are great. Um, yeah, we're, we will play anywhere. We've played bars. We've played fairs. We've played in a, the parking lot of a church once. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's really times, just multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's really just like not being super picky, just playing anywhere that'll have you, and just like taking advantage of whoever's there because you know sometimes there are only like five or ten people, but that's sure. still good if you can sell a CD to five people. That's still, uh, you know, good. It's building up the following. Uh, I mean, like what I said earlier, hate the word, but you gotta just like grind it out, really. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no doubt. One thing, one thing I'd add to yeah. that is, uh, since we are all under twenty-one right now, um, that is definitely a big obstacle for us finding places to play because a lot of venues in LA require the band to be twenty-one to to come in just because of their liquor rules or whatever it is. So we we like have been trying to find every 
all ages venue that will let us play. Sure. And I'm just curious. Then, even when you do find an all ages venue, though, how willing are they to let a metal band in instead of you know some shitty pop band or R and B band that's you know safer? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that is also a problem. Is yeah, there's a lot of venues that just don't want metal. But um, I know I'd say um, there's actually a surprising amount of like genre flexibility within LA. Like we've played with like punk bands, we've played with indie bands, like. We've been on just like the weirdest, most mashed up lineups, but um, I don't know. I I I feel like it's kind of an LA thing, but it's uh, people are. I feel like a lot about just like free expression and whatever, like you know that hippie bullshit. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people are like not really like you know conforming to genres here, and so it is somewhat easy, I'd say, to just like get into most places like regardless of genre sure well you know it's funny because you know when guys like obviously me and chris were growing up i mean you know hard rock and metal was it was so prevalent even within mainstream you know i was on radio it was on tv and so many you know metal bands were you know on major labels i mean these days you know not so much i mean a lot of music fans in your guys generation i mean they prefer to learn how to use a turntable and and buy some soundcloud beats and loops rather than you know, picking up a guitar and learn how to play some chords and create, you know, cool riffs. So, I mean, considering, you know, with you guys, consider that metal really no longer is like, you know, such a, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not a dying, you know, uh, genre at all, but it definitely doesn't have, a, I would say, the mass appeal it once had, especially amongst younger, you know, uh, music fans. How difficult is it for you guys to really create sort of a scene within your area, you know, where you're able to find other bands and musicians to play with, you know, to create, you know, uh, like your own scene where your, your music can flourish. I mean, you guys, are you going to have to maybe go outside of like, you know, the area and maybe go to like Orange County or San Diego in order to make something like that happen? Or is there enough fans you think and musicians in and around your part of LA that, you know, it's definitely able to happen. And once you maybe, as you said, maybe once you turn 21 and you can play some of those other venues, it'll, it'll be, it'll open up a lot more doors for you. Do you think that's, um, well, no, um, I mean, to, to, we do want to, like, you know, tour and stuff because it is important to, like, reach out, but I would not say there's any, like, I, I, th there is definitely a strong metal community in LA, like, mm. there, I, I would even say that it's an oversaturated market, like, even just, like, within our little area, but there's okay. a ton of bands, and there's a ton of fans, there's, like, a bunch of production companies, like, there's definitely a strong metal scene out here. We don't need to like totally make our own, but um, at the same time, it is important to like branch out and reach different areas because there are only you know so many metal fans in any given county or town or whatever. So yeah, I mean, it is important. We are trying to you know branch out to different places, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't say there's like a lack of a metal scene here in LA. Yeah, cool. we, we definitely have to go like the, an hour or two hours away sometimes to, to like get shows with the other people to, to spread out like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Yeah. It, it's, it's, go ahead. Uh, LA is like a really big city and there's yeah. a, it's very populated. So uh, no matter like what like you're interested in, whether it's heavy metal, whether it's something completely not music related, there, there's a good chance you could probably find the community of people who share your interests just because of how many people there are here. Sure. So that's probably yeah. why I, I not that, that community of metal bands. 
right in there. Yeah. Well, well, uh, for for you guys, is the audience your age? Is it my age? Is it somewhere in between? I, I mean, what what is the age of a of a thrash type metal band audience these days? Um, I mean, there's definitely range. There are people our age, and there are people your age. I would say the general like I'd say it's most popular with like early to mid twenties. Uh, yeah, I do. but yeah, I mean, th there are, you know, a lot of like scene veterans and there are a lot of, you know, just our friends from high school and whatever who are on the scene. It's very varied. It's cool to see so many people like, you know, coming together, and one big happy family and all that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, well, um, here, here's, here's one quick one that, uh, you know, especially with what you guys have to deal with because you're under 21. I've been in this, I'm 52 and I know this business as well as pretty much anybody to know what a bunch of scumbag fucks there are that are basically running the business, whether they're managers, whether they're club owners, whether they're promoters, etc. And they will see a young band like you guys and think they're going to absolutely prey on you because you haven't been around the block yet. So how do you guys avoid getting absolutely fucked over by these by these people? I mean, do your parents step in or do you just talk to other musicians to learn the tricks of the trade or do you just kind of do it and take your lumps as they come or what? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, um, it's actually funny you bring this up because literally like last month we got an email from a record label from Spain who was like, we love you guys. We gotta have you. you like, it's so great. And then they were like, so that'll be a $3,000 advance uh, and then we will take 50% of the profits. <laughs> um, so yeah, we didn't go into that, but um, <laughs> you know, there are definitely a lot of comebacks. Um, I'd say our, our parents do help a lot, like with that, especially because even then we were like, we're 90% sure this is a scam, but like maybe we're missing something. Um, and so I know we had a, one of Jack's father's friends who was a music lawyer check it out for us and confirm that it was total bullshit um but both have lawyer parents yeah, yeah that does help that helps a lot yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. about that um, contract, uh to be clear they they wanted an advance from us to them which is like really unusual Yes, yeah. <laughs> they wanted us to pay them three thousand dollars and then give them <laughs> half of our profits. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, our our parents uh, have a good amount of experience, so they kind of tell us when something's wrong. Uh, a lot of times, you can just tell it'll just be like kind of weird and like scammy, and just you know, there's just something in the phrasing where you're like, you know, this dude is not being totally straight. Like something's in the evil case here. Of the yeah <laughs> right. exactly um but yeah and i mean yeah i don't know so far we've been pretty lucky we haven't fallen into like anything that was like too much of us getting screwed over um but yeah i mean we have like you know lost money on certain things and like certain shows and stuff and i mean you kind of just have to like take it as it comes when that happens and just you know learn and move on <laughs> No doubt, man. Well, for people that are that are into this heavier style of music, the name of the band is Diabology. Uh, the name of the album is Nobody Believes Me. And uh, 
And uh, Jesse, since you're, since you're primarily the talker here, I'll ask you to go ahead and throw out the plugs to where um, people should go to keep up with you guys and get the record or, or download it or what have you. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, we are, as he said, Diabology. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, just Diabology Band. Um, or our Twitter is actually Diabology8. But okay. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, most platforms are Diabology Band. Uh, we're also on, you know, all the streaming, like Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, Am Amazon, all that. Um, and also, we just released an exclusive, like, sneak peek type single for the second album that we're working on. And that mm -hmm. is only available on Bandcamp and SoundCloud, but it is totally free to download. Uh, so go there, check out the new stuff. And yeah, please follow us because we are working on that second album and we cannot wait to bring it to you because I think it's going to blow the first one out of the water. Very <laughs> awesome, cool, man. Well, one more, one more time. The name of the band is Diabology. The name of the album is Nobody Believes Me. And guys, thanks so much for being on Aftershocks. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you so much for you know supporting the underground scene because it's really important, especially these days. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree, man. Yeah, we, we're, we always do that here. I mean, that's something... Uh, that we, we we hope wish more people would do, but uh, like I said, we'll definitely have to have you guys back on uh, once you get that second album coming out. Yeah, good. we'd love to be back. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. I'll be open. All right, guys. Yeah. Thanks. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. All right, everybody, another great interview right here on Aftershocks TV. And before we go, just want to remind you one more time, make sure you get over and subscribe to the CMS Podcast Network, cmspn.com. You can watch, you can listen, you can subscribe to everything that we do. Not only us, but uh, the classic metal shows, Shockwave Skull Sessions, uh, Talk To Me. It's all there. One site. Get four great shows. Never have to do anything again, but be entertained. So, Check it out, uh, cmspn.com, cmspn.com, cmspn.com. Until next time, folks.